We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Go, you Redbirds! Go, you Redbirds! On the battle, fight for ISU! Welcome to In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics Podcast. Now, here's the voice of the Redbirds, John Fitzgerald. Hi again, thanks so much for joining us as we welcome you to this week's edition of In the Nest, the official podcast of Illinois State Redbird Athletics from Learfield. I'm John Fitzgerald, and we have reached the final week of July. As the summer is beginning to wind down with the fall seasons right around the corner, But it has been a very active summer season for the Redbird Athletic Department, as we will find out when we visit with Illinois State Director of Athletics Kyle Brennan a bit later on to discuss a number of additions and improvements taking place throughout Redbird country over the last few months. But first, time to take a look back at the week that was in Illinois State Athletics. As academic honors continue to roll in for Redbird student-athletes this summer, the Illinois State Volleyball team was presented with the United States Marine Corps American Volleyball Coaches Association Team Academic Award. Redbirds were also named to the NCAA Division I honor roll, meaning that the volleyball team's grade point average was in the top 20% of all Division I programs. Now, this marks the 14th consecutive year that the Redbird volleyball program has been recognized by the AVCA. Three members of the Illinois State men's golf program were named to the Golf Coaches Association All-America Scholar Team. Andrew O'Brien, Felix Van Dyke, and Parker Wisdom all qualified for the honor after posting a grade point average of 3.2 or better while maintaining a stroke average under 76 for the season. The Illinois State men's tennis squad earned the Summit League's Team Academic Achievement Award, while seven members of the squad were named to the commissioner's list of academic excellence. Redbird football season tickets are now on sale as Brock's Backs Club will host six games inside Hancock Stadium this fall. Season ticket packages start as low as $110 
while young alumni can take advantage of the six-game package for just $50. Birds will open the home slate on Saturday night, September 10th, against Valparaiso at 6.30 p.m. Season tickets can be purchased online at GoRedbirds.com or by calling the Redbird Ticket Office at 309-438-8000. And finally, make plans to join us for the football kickoff luncheon. That comes your way on August 17th inside the Aaron Leach Club. Head football coach Brock Spack will be joined by his staff as well as the Redbird football student-athletes. Head volleyball coach Allie Matters will be the special guest in the afternoon. Tickets are now on sale for just $20. You can register on GoRedbirds.com slash promotions and use the promo code KICKOFF22 or call the Redbird Ticket Office at 309-438-8000. When we come back, a conversation with Illinois State Director of Athletics Kyle Brennan as In the Nest rolls on right after this timeout. Head coach Brock Spack and the Illinois State football team are ready to roll this fall, and we want you to be a part of the action. Starting at just $50, season tickets are now on sale. Come out and support this season and lock your seats in for all six home contests. To purchase and for all other ticket questions, contact the ISU Athletics Ticket Office at 309-438-8000. That's 309-438-8000. Welcome back to In the Nest, the official podcast of Illinois State Redbird Athletics from Learfield. Our guest this week, Illinois State Director of Athletics, Kyle Brennan, as we take a look ahead and a look back at a very busy offseason here in Redbird country over the next 30 minutes. We'll dive into a number of different topics with the athletic director of your Redbirds. As we welcome in Kyle Brennan and Kyle Thanks so much for covering out a little bit of time in this afternoon so we can get together. Absolutely. Uh, you know, my days are extremely busy, and this is probably the best thing I get to do all day, so I'm excited to be here with you. Well, let's touch on that a little bit. Late spring, early summer, typically what people would call a slow time or maybe even the off-season in college athletics, but your department didn't seem to get the memo this year. You guys have been nonstop over the last three to five months. Absolutely. It's been a busy time for sure, and and. You know, people do think of the spring and the summer as being a, a bit of a downtime, but for us, as a chance to get better, uh, to see what we've done in the past that's worked, to see what hasn't worked, and then look at new opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, this spring has been uh, and summer have been extremely busy with hiring new coaches, working on facilities, got name, image, and likeness that's going around. Um, so a lot of different issues I'm sure we'll cover, but it's been an exciting spring, an exciting summer. Uh, I'm still waiting for a little bit of downtime. Uh, maybe it'll come when the football season gets here, oddly enough. But uh, we're really look, looking forward to our fall sports starting as well and, and, and just getting the fans back in the stands and enjoying the competition because um, while this stuff is very important that we're doing in the summer and in the spring, um, it's not attached to competition. And so it, there's parts of it that start to feel like a normal uh, job. And I didn't get into this to have a normal job. I got into this, and all of us did, because it's so fun, you know, to be around college athletics, to be around young people, and what they're doing to try and be successful. And so uh, while the work's been great this summer, we're really looking forward to the fall. You know you're in the right profession when the fall sports start coming back to camp and the student-athletes start coming back on campus and you see them, that energy really, really hits home, doesn't it? it, There's nothing better. I mean, I I just had someone in my office the other day. She's a, a young intern working for us, and she has an opportunity at a conference office. 
And I said, you got to be really careful because you go to a conference office, it doesn't have that feel. I mean, uh, when when fall starts and kids are coming to campus, student athletes and, and all of our other students, and they're moving in the dorms and you can feel that energy and the band's practicing in the quad and you know games are coming and the bookstore is overflowing and it's just the best feeling there is. And, and for all of us who went to college and love college athletics, it's a big reason why we do what we do. So uh, can't wait for fall. Absolutely. Well, we talked about the new coaches, obviously some of the facility things that you guys are currently in the process of doing around the athletic complex and some of those behind the scenes aspects, almost from an office standpoint that you had talked about. And we'll begin with the name, image and likeness and your unveiling of the visualized program, which is an aspect in response, I think, to the new NIL Um that many schools have thrown something out for their student athletes. And the thing that really struck me in reading about the visualized program, the new website you guys have on goredbirds.com is how comprehensive it really is for the student athletes. It's almost a one-stop shop for them to really get the kind of enrichment and knowledge they need moving forward. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, we look at this as an opportunity. Uh, you know, a lot of my colleagues around the business uh, are definitely bemoaning this, and I understand why. It is difficult. It's changing how college athletics works. But um, you can sit and cry about it and lose, or you can change and try and win. And so for us, we see it as an opportunity to be the best at this in the Missouri Valley, and I think that we are right now, and we continue uh, to work to try to be that. The Visualized program is fantastic because, like you said, it is a one-stop shop for our student-athletes to um, – make their brand great, but also connect with local businesses uh, in order to find some synergy and connection um, and make some sort of arrangement together. Um, but what I'm really proud of is that this is not just for what people typically think of as football and men's basketball. Uh, this is for all of our student athletes. In fact, we're getting a lot of traction with women in our department. And so couldn't be happier with the efforts that we're making. Uh, we want to keep growing, but we got to be the best in this space, I think, in order to win in this league. Uh, you know, when, when student athletes, I think, used to come to campus, they would look at your facilities and your academics and some of those things. And that's what they're making their decision on. And those things are still important. But now they're asking us, you know, how much? What am I getting? And if you don't have an answer for that, you know, I think they're going to go to the next place. So working diligently to make sure that we give these student athletes every opportunity to maximize their name, image and likeness. And even more so. Regardless of the outcome of any NIL contract that may be signed or any amount of money that they're able to retain during their four or five years on campus, they're going to leave here with a much better concept of how the business world and finance works. And that almost is worth the price of admission. Oh, absolutely. And, and one of the things that we're doing right now is partnering with the business school who has a bunch of um, you know, younger students in marketing that are working with our student athletes on how to market themselves. So even if you're not a business major right now, you're getting business training for your future, not just with an NIL deal, but also, you know, uh, how do you create a brand for yourself online? Um, a lot of our student athletes have grown up with social media, but they don't know how to use it to their advantage. They're putting out posts, hey, I went out this weekend and did this, or I hung out here. And those things are fun and interesting. But you have to weave in some things that make you attractive to businesses. And so really working with our student athletes to educate them on the proper things to put on there, to really make them their best and put their best foot forward, not just now, but when they go to get a job someday. I mean, this is preparing them for that, that moment when they go out to get employment. They're looking at your uh, social profile, and, uh, and our kids are going to be well prepared. As I kind of mentioned, I think 
some athletic departments and some universities have jumped on this bandwagon a little bit, at least throwing it out there from a name standpoint, hey, we're offering something. You guys have done it a step further. And really the infrastructure, even the positions you've created here has made a difference. Absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up because Maya and Dayton are the two people that we have working on this in our office and they are young, hungry and doing a great job. And I couldn't imagine two better people to do it. Uh, Dayton is a master of social media and uh, helping our student athletes create that brand. And Maya's out in the community connecting with people. She's just got a great energetic personality to bring folks in. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of schools, you're right. They put a program together to kind of say, check the box. We have it. Recruits, yeah, we got this for you here, um, but we want to take it a step further. It's going to be real. Um, it's going to be active and ongoing and a, a daily part of the lives of our student-athletes. I mean, um, yesterday we had a meeting with football, and out of that meeting, Maya had already 57 individual meetings set up with players. So they're definitely interested, and they're here to, to get the job done, and so we're, we're working hard to help them. Now from a little bit more traditional standpoint of college athletics facility improvements taking place this summer obviously the indoor practice facility as well as some turf aspects on the infield at duffy bass field and even a few things here at redbird arena down on the floor level yeah yeah uh if you always have to have a shovel in the ground is is what i've been told in this business and i do believe that and so uh, we have some projects that are smaller than others you know like you mentioned the turf uh, for baseball which will be great and uh, we redid the floor here in basketball uh, but getting that indoor going is really a big deal. Uh, you know, when I got here, I was told it, it was uh, 10 years that we've been trying to get that done. It was my put to me as the number one priority we had to get done. And to see it within a year and a half start construction is really gratifying feeling for not just me, but our staff who've worked really hard on this. And uh, we're excited to get that going. So to see some uh, activity out there is great. We're going to do, um, what do you call those little time release photos where you can kind of Watch That's construction. Right. Time release. Time release photos where they can watch construction over a period of time. So we're going to get that going uh, so can, people can watch it going up. And uh, we want to have it done for uh, spring, for our, when our football team gets back and they start spring practice because, you know, Illinois in the spring isn't always, <laughs> isn't always the best weather. So our guys want to get inside and then – go hit their spring break. When they get back, the weather will be a little better. Maybe they're outside, but that's really what we're shooting for is to get that football team in there by that time. The addition of that in that space in the current practice field is is really going to make this one of the most outstanding aesthetically looking athletic complexes around. Oh, I, I agree. And, and I, I'm just, I feel so lucky to be here at Illinois State. And when I got here, I was really impressed with the facilities. I mean, this arena is, is first class. The football stadium compared to FCS schools around the country is off the charts. And uh, you put that indoor there, and they're all three kind of nestled within viewing uh, range of each other. And, uh, you know, I'm also looking at a little preview here, um, maybe looking at a new academic center across the street from football. And uh, so that would be a future project, and and just that would be something for all of our athletes as well. And so it kind of ties this idea of uh, athletics kind of village or campus together so uh, when our student athletes get here uh, it doesn't feel spread out and disjointed but it feels like a real athletics division one group group that's all together last thing from again a more traditional aspect hiring some new head coaches in this offseason beginning this past spring men's basketball volleyball women's soccer all taking place over the last few months and you know, as somebody who was an outsider starting this whole process and now becoming a little bit more in tune to the community, 
the excitement, not only for those three programs, but I think the athletic department as a whole is really palpable around town. And that's something that hasn't always been here for the last few years. Well, I appreciate it. I, there's a lot of people who have done a lot of hard work, I think, to make that happen. Uh, we have staff here that works tirelessly, but at the same time, it's nice to infuse some new energy and some new blood. And, and uh, so, so having those new coaches come in here, I think, creates a lot of excitement. And if you get to spend some time with them, which I know you just did a podcast with Ryan, I mean, you just realize that these are just really good people. You know, they're, they're, they're down to earth. They have that Midwest vibe to them, but great energy, passion, a love for their sport. Um, and really what attracted me to all of them most was that they really had a passion for having a great relationship with their team. And I think in this day and age, it's so important for our coaches to build those relationships with these student athletes because, um, you know, they can transfer and they can go anywhere they want now. And so the days of, you know, yelling at them like Bob Knight, uh, no, no disrespect to Bob Knight, but, you know, those kind of coaching days have changed. And, and you've got to have an approach where, uh, these student athletes know you care about them as people, that you're invested in their lives, you care about their family, um, and you're giving everything that you can to them to be successful individually and as a team. And I feel that those three coaches embody that. So I'm super excited to get them out there and, and get started. And I know our student athletes are having a great experience with them already. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to our community really getting the chance to know these people because they're just going to be great additions to Bloomington Normal. They are a special group. I had an opportunity to meet with Allie last week as well. And both she and Ryan, who are the two that I've met so far, incredibly impressive individuals, character people. And, you know, that goes into one of the fun things that I would think why you went and do athletic administration, your opportunity to kind of put your blueprint when you make a coaching hire in individual sports. And some things are incredibly important as you've tried to build this over the last eight months. And some of those pillars for Redbird's rise of service leadership respect and especially relationships those come those all come into play yeah yeah we have uh uh, like you said redbirds rise here which is uh, our core values and we go over them every month at our our monthly staff meeting it's respect relationships integrity service and excellence and um, relationships are so important you know um uh, (laughs) i had my father-in-law teach me this once Uh, you never run into anyone that uh if everyone you run into, you could probably run into again, is kind of the, the theory that he gave me. And so everyone that, everyone that you come into touch with, you want to treat really well, um, not just because uh, they can do something for you later, but because it's the right thing to do. And we have coaches, I think, that really embody that with great personality um, and, and really care about the relationships. The other part to me that's so important is service. Uh, you know, our staff and even our coaches, we're all here to serve one another, and we're here to serve our student-athletes. And uh, too often, I think we get caught up in the business of all this and forget that without the student athletes, there is no business, right? And so, really putting a, 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 an emphasis on serving them, and I really, I, I really feel like if we serve each other well, and we serve our student athletes well, then we're going to serve the public better. Uh, if you have a disjointed department where we treat each other awful, and then we're going to turn on the smiles and, and greet people at the door, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And so, to me, it's ingraining those those values and those um, ideals into everything we do. And so when we, we come up to a decision and it's tough and we don't know which way to go, we take a look at our values, you know, and we stick with them. 18 months or so on the job, you started the whole COVID pandemic when it was full bore. And now as you've kind of gotten your feet set, we talked about the fact that the excitement I think is palpable around not only the athletic department, the university, but you kind of came in at an interesting time because the president, President Kinsey, was new. 
relatively new commissioner and Commissioner Jackson with the Missouri Valley Conference. How much has that been a benefit for you being able to put your feet on the ground and get a running head start because everything has new energy associated with it? It's, it's so helpful. Um, but just, just to start, I mean, it's, it's great to meet you without a mask on. I mean, you know, like I, I got here and I was meeting everyone with a mask on, which is really difficult to do when you're trying to build relationships and find people in the community and and you run into someone, they're like, hey, we met. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I couldn't see your face. So starting in a pandemic was a real challenge, but at the same time, uh, a real blessing, I think, because it gave us the opportunity to really evaluate where we're at um, and where we needed to go. And to have a president like President Kinsey, who is passionate about athletics, who is progressive uh, in her thinking about where this university should go, um, is just a great partnership that I'm so blessed to have. Uh, I know a lot of ADs that I talk to uh, um, sometimes have struggle with a president who doesn't understand the importance of athletics uh, and doesn't want to be involved. And, and we have a president who's completely supportive. I mean, can you think of a president who goes to every single team's practice? I mean, we have a president that does that every single year and makes it to every single competition of each team at least once. And that's just amazing. And the kids feel it, and it makes it fantastic. Um, as far as the commissioner goes, great work, right? We're adding teams to the conference. He's energetic. He has, you know, a vision for the future and is trying to build on what um, has been built in the past, which is amazing. But to take and put some new teams in and trying to make this a routinely a two-bid league is, is his goal. And I think that's something that he will accomplish. And so getting the chance to work with him and his vision, his energy, his ideas, getting a chance to be with President Kinsey, also knew, myself knew, um, you know, we all may make some mistakes because we're new at what we're doing at our relative institutions. Um, but the passion is there and the mistakes are going to be those hustle mistakes that you talk about in sports. Uh, it'll be because we're trying. And so really just if you have that kind of synergy and that, that relationship, you can do great things. Missouri Valley Conference, like many conferences in the Division One landscape this year, have a bit of a new look. Um, teams have been added to the Missouri Valley fold this year. Talk a little bit about your excitement moving forward and kind of down the line a little bit how you see those additions strengthening this conference. Yeah, Well, they're all great additions, and uh, you know, but I'll just put my own personal opinion out there. I'm really excited Belmont's joined because I love Nashville. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, and I think some of our fans are too, just going to Nashville and enjoying everything that has to offer and what a great city that is. And, and so it's just a great market that opens up to you know, Illinois State and, and, and to our conference, so it's exciting to go there. But, you know, we're also up in Chicago. You know, you get UIC up there, and then you get Murray, who has a, a, just a tremendous history, especially in basketball. And I know they're working hard on their football side, too. And um, they've got a great coach over there right now that they just hired back from Iowa State. And, and so uh, great competition. I mean, we're bringing in a school that just had John Morant, you know. I mean, uh, so this is some good stuff going on in our league. And, and you know, this, this is what it takes to make sure that the Missouri Valley is recognized as the top – you know, quote, mid-major uh, basketball conference in the country, in my opinion. Throughout the years during Doug Elgin's reign as the longtime commissioner of the Missouri Valley, he had kind of figured out a way, I thought, to really dictate some scheduling and the non-conference options for, for the members, and that helped. For many years, obviously, it was more than a one-bid league, two, sometimes three, and they might have even gotten four one year, although I'd have to check the facts on that. But moving forward in this different landscape, you talk about strength of schedule. Everybody talks about strength of schedule and the ability of getting at-large bids. How much, how difficult is it, first of all, and how much time does it take for you as an athletic director to really think about 
football scheduling in the non-conference, yeah. men's and women's basketball, even volleyball in the non-conference, where you're balancing success of your ball club, significant fan interest, if possible, to get a name in there, um, and also the financial realities of college athletics right now. Yeah. I mean, you hit it on the head. Those are the factors that we look at every time. And, and luckily, I do that in conjunction with each staff. So, um, you know, they know their, their, their uh, field better than I do, so they know the teams a bit better. But we're shooting for trying to put ourselves in a position to be in that postseason conversation. Um, and also, like you mentioned, you know, we want to we want to have great games. I mean, uh, going up to Wisconsin to start the year for football uh, is is incredible. Uh, not only is it a good payday, you know, for the university and for the athletic department, but our student athletes, they all dream to play in at places like Wisconsin. And, and some of them can play there and some think they can and want to show it. Mm-hmm. And to give those kids the opportunity to go out there and to get to measure yourself against the best is just an awesome thing to see. So uh, I love doing that, but we don't want to overburden, you know, our, our students either. Uh, a game like that is great, but to do two or three is too many. Um, so we want to give them that flavor and help our department a bit, but, but not crush our team. So it is a balance of trying to find, you know, wins and losses, um, crowd interest, um, money games, um, and put all that together. It is, it is a balancing act, but at the end of the day, um, we've got great coaches who, who understand uh, the ranking systems that we have in each of those sports and what it takes to get there. And so I'm confident that if we execute what we have, you know, then we can get there. Getting home games, especially in men's and women's basketball against Power 5 schools, is not something that's easily done at this level, is it? No, I, you, you kind of alluded to that in the question. I forgot to answer. I, it's uh, it, it'd take a really close friend, <laughs> I think, <laughs> and even then, it'd probably tell me no. Uh, and the better you get, the harder it gets. You know, um, absolutely. So, Missouri Valley is one of those conferences where, you know, uh, I think some fans from those bigger schools think, "Oh yeah, no big deal. Why don't you go ahead and go play Illinois State?" And the coach of that team's sitting there going, "No, we're not going to do that." Right. So um, to get teams to come here is a challenge, and, and so a lot of times we have to go to them. Um, but you know what? When you're, when you're David taking on Goliath, sometimes that's what you got to do. We don't fear anybody. Um, we'll go and play anywhere, anywhere, anytime. But at the same time, um, if we can squeeze people in here, we're going to. So I'm going to try and leverage some relationships I have with some friends out there in the business, see what we can get it done. You have worked your way up in the administration realm of college athletics, uh, most recently as the deputy athletic director at the University of Utah out in the Pac-12. And as you've worked your way up, I I would assume, like many administrators who strive to finally get into that big chair as the athletic director, you have leaned on some people, learned from some people, mentorships, you know, what to do in some situations, as well as what not to do in some situations. You get to the athletic director position here at Illinois State, and all of a sudden, either the goalposts have moved or the landscape of college athletics has really very quickly changed. NIL is one of them, conference realignments. But there are things now that there is no playbook that you have dealt with in the past. And when you're in this position and you have coaches and some fellow administrators below you coming to you for answers. How have you navigated that aspect, especially over the last 12, 15 months? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I'm honest. I don't have all the answers. Um, I think, you know, if you you try and predict what's happening in college athletics, you're a fool. Uh, You you really don't know what's coming. I I don't care who you are. But what I do know is that it's constantly changing. And so uh, to sit, like I said earlier, and, and kind of 
uh, complain about, you know, the changes and, and long for years past is not going to get you anywhere. And so um, I think uh, personally at, at my age and this being my first AD job is probably a good time for me um, to be tackling these issues. If I was 10 years older and had been at this a little longer, it might be harder. And so um, for me being new, I think that's actually helpful in this case. There's other, other cases where be me, me being new and my inexperience is not helpful. Uh, but I think in this scenario, you know, being younger, being energetic, um, and this being my first time, uh, when you get these big changes, I'm looking at them as opportunities and as the excitement as opposed to uh, a sense of fear. Um, all that being said, I, like I said, I don't have the answers for our staff, but I, I deal with the moment that we have. So right now we know, for example, we've got um, this case that came out from the Supreme Court called Alston, which we're now allowed to pay up to $6,000 per student athlete for academic success. Um, you've got cost of attendance you can provide. You've got name, image, and likeness. You've got all these things that have come up out of nowhere, and our job is to attack them head-on right now. Then if things change, then we've got to pivot. And one of the pivots that might come is that the NCAA may say, you know what, uh, you can fund your team's um, basically a scholarship for everybody is kind of the concept. So if you had, I think we have 11.3 scholarships right now in baseball, it would be 40. So that would have to shift everything we're doing because we'd have to find and maybe take away some of those things we're doing over here to do that. So it's hard to plan into the future. All you can do is deal with what you got right now. Um, but I do think NIL is here to stay at, at some level. It may get some guardrails, but you, you can't unring the bell. Once these student right. athletes are earning money, that's going to stay. So the sooner people accept that and, and, and go with it, I think the better. As things change, you know, you can't predict the future, as you mentioned, and nobody can in college athletics. But how do you very quickly pivot when things do come down? Um, I mean, both internally and maybe even reaching out to some of your friends, mentors in the business of how to tackle it as well, because it seems over the last 12 months, a lot of this stuff has come very fast and furious yes. without a whole lot of warning. Right. And all of a sudden, now you got to make a call on something. It's true. And, and athletics is a business where it is a copycat industry. You know, um, every school kind of copies each other. And then when they're all copied and everyone looks the same, something is different and everyone chases that. So, um, you know, we're used to that sort of thing. Uh, how do you pivot? I think um, you've got to have the right mentality to pivot. Uh, you know, if, if you no change is coming and you're not married to what you're doing because you understand that it could change at any moment, then you have a chance. Um, but if you're if you get entrenched with what you're doing and see it as the only way, yeah, it's not going to work. We talked about the fact about 18 months on the job here. You were in a situation as the deputy AD at a power five institution in the Pac-12 at the University of Utah looking to make the move to be an athletic director, but at the same time have the ability to be quite picky about what the choice is. So looking back with 18 months of rose-colored glasses, what was it about Illinois State that was so attractive, and how has that kind of manifested itself over those 18 months? Well, the things that attracted me to the job are still true, and that was great that I found out. Uh, I love the location, first off. Um, my wife's family lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We just went up there last weekend for the 4th of July to see him, so that's, that's phenomenal, right? Uh, second, this school is in a position to be in the top three in every sport every year. Um, you know, if we execute and do things right, we should be at the top of this league. So looking at a school, you know, and I've had colleagues in this business who take jobs that we all know are basically impossible, because they want to be an AD, right? 
And for me, I was looking for, a, for something where I felt I could go in, make a difference, and have a chance to be successful. And you've got great facilities here, great resources, great fan support. I mean, you know how much the MAC would kill for the fan support of the Missouri Valley? And they're supposedly ahead of us in this whole thing. I mean, we've got, you know, great, great community. And so, um, and the best thing that I found when I got here on top of it all was that Larry Lyons had done such a great job financially. Um, I walked into a position where a lot of schools are, are in debt, um, can't get anything done because of the commitments they've made over time and there's no money left. And uh, when I got here, Larry just did a phenomenal job of keeping this place really strong financially. It was really kind of like Larry Dietz and Larry Lyons model, you know, where they were both had this mentality of kind of strong and steady. And, and it really, really helped us survive COVID. So I really got to you know, give a shout out and a big thank you to Larry Lyons. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Really appreciated it and um, look forward to September 3rd when the football team goes up to Wisconsin as well as the volleyball team opening up that same weekend with the Redbird Classic. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to being up at Wisconsin and, and being ahead when they start doing jump around. <laughs> so that's what I'm looking forward to. And, Allie, I'm, I'm, I love volleyball. I'll be there too. Thanks. Thanks so much, Kyle. That's Kyle Brennan, Illinois State University Director of Athletics. He's been our guest here this week on In the Nest. We're going to take a break. We'll come back to wrap things up right after this timeout. The Illinois State Volleyball Team is ready to roll this fall, and we want you to be a part of the action. Come out and support new head coach Allie Matters and the Volleyball Redbirds for just $65 and lock in your seats for all 12 home matches. To purchase and for all other ticket questions, contact the ISU Athletics Office at 309-438-8000. That's 309-438-8000. Welcome back to In the Nest as we take a quick look at some of the events coming up and some outstanding opportunities for the Redbird community to get together and kick off the 2022-2023 athletic campaigns. The 17th Annual Fanfare will take place on Friday night, August 5th, outside of Hancock Stadium. There will also be a free screening of the Academy Award-winning movie Encanto inside the stadium on the video board beginning at 6.30 p.m., on the 5th. Then the following day on Saturday, August 6th, the Illinois State Athletic Department will host the annual hog roast. And finally on Monday night, August 8th, you can catch an early glimpse of Redbird soccer as the birds host SIU Edwardsville at 6 p.m. at Adelaide Street Field. That's a wrap for this edition of In the Nest. For Illinois State Director of Athletics, Kyle Brennan, this is John Fitzgerald. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week right here on In the Nest, the official podcast of Illinois State Redbird Athletics from Learfield. This has been In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network.